0: Where, Where is he? Where could he be? Someone's feeling a little mischievous today.
1: <laughs> Four and three and two and one. Sober silver sober guy, sober silver sober sober grind, sober guy, sober, 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 sober. I'm going to say sober guy so many times until it doesn't even make sense anymore.
0: How's everybody doing? Sober guy, sober, grind. sober, grind. This, sober grind. this is what This is what 45 cups of coffee looks like. Truly, like it's my last (laughs) vice. Caffeine. Caffeine is a drug
1: too, you know. You Mm. put enough of it in you, and then you can't stop talking. Mm. Anyway, all right. So, me today. You know, I have a dog named. I have a dog named Loki. He is my cute little the god of mischief. The god of mischief and fire. Mm. Uh, He's a dachshund. How's Modi doing? Modi's good. I just sent Modi to training. Modi's at a camp for two weeks. He went away yesterday. Oh my goodness! And he's supposed to come back a new dog, right? Wow! He will be not mischievous. I haven't even done that. Look, I love these little things. Send me away for two weeks. Current mood. Over stimulated Peggy
0: all the way. We gotta keep that overstimulated. Is totally on. Me. That's what's going on right now. How's everyone doing today?
1: The mood of I the day. I see all is my friends are starting to come on, and some of your friends and all of our friends, and there's Odie Martinez. How you doing? Current, hey, Odie. Look at Odie's current mood is crying laugh out of laughter. <laughs> Tears of joy. Okay, anyway, so today we have a special show on the Sunday. Yes. By the way, in yeah. case you don't we're- know, this is Austin. Hello. Oh, this is Austin Armstrong. He's my guest. It's a pleasure. I mean not my guest, he's my co host. That's we're
0: fifty episodes in. Did you forget who I was? Are we fifty? Just about. Just a, seriously. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. I know.
1: Or time flies I'm when just, you're really spun. will do something anyway, crazy for the fiftieth. That's right for Definitely. the fiftieth.
0: That's yeah. So, but what's our show so, about today? So our, our topic today is what nurtures addiction. But before we get into, so th- start thinking about your questions there. Let's keep resisting. Before this thing. we okay, that's yeah, i I'm overstimulated with that thing. Before life. we get into that, I want to highlight that you just spoke it at UCI. We, you know, in the last week, talk about that. That was good stuff. A couple of things. So, University of
1: California, Irvine has a, what was it called, Odie? Uh, D-O-A? Alcohol week. and Oh, drugs. A-O-D. Alcohol and Other Drugs. And Other Drugs Week. Yeah. First time at UCI that they actually had an event like that. So, they for each day, they had different panels and they talked about drugs and addiction and, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, on school campuses and a lot of colleges, a lot of people are doing a lot of Adderall, right? And staying up all night long and studying a lot extensively. Yes. But we were down there. It I was actually a dynamic group. Uh, mm. Daniel
0: Garza was there. Yeah, shout out to Daniel Garza. He uh, he set us up. Great yeah. guy. As, Check him out. As well as a, friend, a friend of ours who
1: uh, teaches at the school and then a couple of other guys that were mm. students in recovery. So, uh, Odie was there. He was filming. It was, uh, was well-received, a really good event, well-attended. A lot of interaction between the students and all the different attendees. They would ask us questions. We would answer them to the best of our ability. They, we talked about everything from different types of drugs, different types of addictions, uh, what uh, you know, what our recovery looked like, and then the family dynamic and how that all works mm-hmm. together too. Um, and then the following day, for hello, Solange, Hi uh, Sol. Uh, Austin's right here. Anyway, the the following day, we spoke at, uh, I went for another thing. My friend Danny Murphy has uh, an organization called Stop Before You Start. Mm -hmm. And um, he goes to all the different various high schools in Orange County and Los Angeles County. And we speak to the students. Usually, the the demographic, the type of students that we're usually speaking to are anywhere from 14 to 15 years of age. And we talk about, we try not to go in there and tell them don't do drugs because that doesn't really work,
0: especially if, so at that well at that that age 14 to 15 so they 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 begin starting to um be exposed to drugs and alcohol right even even a little younger you ask when you're standing in their classrooms and you ask them um have
1: you seen people on campus or do you have friends or do you know friends of friends that have experimented with drugs um usually usually they'll raise their hands if you ask them in the classroom setting have you ever done it no, no one no, raises it. Yeah, of course him. not. Of right? Course no not. one's ever. And, and then we say, like, we laugh with them, and we're like, we're, right. we didn't expect you to say anything." Especially right. with your teacher sitting right here, right, right now, in a health class <laughs> where they're trying to teach you not to do. Yeah, drugs. never, never. But, um, but that was a good experience. It's always good. nice to go. Ironically, you know, it's really cool that I, when I was in high school, I remember Costa Mesa High School and Woodbridge High School. Mm-hmm. I jumped around to a lot of different high schools. We would have. Special speakers come out and talk to us about their addiction. Yeah. And I remember at the age of 17, there was a lady that came down. Not 17, I was like 16. We only had D.A.R.E. And it was so unaffected. They, we had There dare. was nothing in my high school. Yeah, we had D.A.R.E. But there was this lady that came down one time and talked to us about her cocaine addiction and how mm-hmm. she was walking the streets of Harbor Boulevard prostituting herself. She was uh, at this place called the Motor Inn Motel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it just sounds like a lovely place. Oh, it sounds like... Five stars, <laughs> five stars. Five stars in the motel room in the motel world. Uh, yeah. Great amenities. Right? We have a pool. Um, not to say that you can swim in it or anything, but we have yeah. a pool. But regardless, so when she was speaking, I remember thinking at the age of like 16 years old, this poor lady, she's shot out, right? Like what's wrong with her? Like um, I'll never end up like her, right? Meanwhile I had marijuana in my pocket. And back Mm -hmm. then it wasn't legal. And I couldn't wait for her to finish talking so I could leave that classroom and go out and get high in the parking lot. In the place in high schools where a lot of kids go and congregate, Mm -hmm. a lot of the kids, the little outcasts, they go to their little corner. Yeah, we talked
0: about the smoking tree. The smoking tree, the the, the smoking section. So
1: so I couldn't wait to get out there. (laughs) So, you know, when I go and tell my story, I talk about that stuff. I let the Mm -hmm. kids know, like, you know, this is, it's no... No, no question in our mind that you... No,
0: you got to catch it early before you think that you're, you're expo- to that point. You, you
1: get exposed to it. Obviously, slope. there's high school parties. People go out and drink, and they right. like to um, hit beer bongs and all that stuff. So um, we don't really go down there to tell them what to do and what not to do. We go down there right. to share our experience, strength, and hope, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can be effective. And if they know it's anyone that's suffering, you. they can talk to us. If they're suffering, they can talk to us. Um, but, yeah, so Stop Before You Start. That's Danny Murphy's little organization that he's got going on. It's a nonprofit that... They go to all the different high schools, so you know, educationally, we, this is about raising awareness, and we like to get out in the communities and talk. You know, I do it a lot on a national level. I go to D.C., uh, Maryland. I got my friend Frank Lucas that represents in Virginia, Maryland, all those different states back east, and then um, it's just what we do. It's what I, I've dedicated my life to because obviously, you know, I, I. Uh, no, it's amazing of you. I tainted society yeah. as a whole, so have, I, have, I have. You to have give such back. an amazing experience. Thank you this, so much. This, Thanks. so relatable to so many people. You're making
0: a difference in the world. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. If, uh, if anyone does want to check out the replay of the UCI event, uh, see Pej, see um, uh, Daniel and the others uh, speak, uh, we did record it. Uh, so depending when you're watching or listening to this, it'll be up in the, the next few days. So yes. check out the uh, Beginnings Treatment Center's YouTube account. Uh, it's in the link uh, uh, in the description of this. You can check it out. There's a bunch of different clips. It's right. great. Yes. Uh, so on the topic of today, yes, nurturing addiction, where do you kind of want to get started here? What? Where does the nurturing begin?
1: Well, obviously addiction doesn't just happen overnight. So I believe it starts with curiosity. Okay. You know, uh, speaking from my own experience, I remember being a young kid, um, probably... 12 years old, starting to experiment with certain drugs, you know, Mm -hmm. marijuana, huffing gas, you know, just Mm -hmm. things to get my my head out of right here, right now. And also, I remember it can often start, the addictions can start with cigarette smoking. Mm -hmm. So depending on a family member, nobody, like my mom and dad, they didn't smoke. They were totally anti it. My grandparents on my dad's side died at a very young age of lung disease. But I did have um, uncles that smoked. They smoked mm-hmm. regularly. They smoked in the house. I mean the smell was there. It was on our clothes. It was in the the aromas in the air. So I would often ask well, me, "Like,
0: Yeah, not too long ago, people didn't even know the the downsides of it. Like from secondhand smoke? Yeah. yeah, It's worse than firsthand smoke, supposedly. Yeah.
1: Which is amazing to me. I mean, firsthand it's going directly in you, but right. whatever. But yeah, so um, you know, I remember being in a mall and seeing two girls smoking cigarettes and they were about two years older than me and I was in junior high school and um I thought I want to go and be with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm a curious child, and I want to go so what what better I went up and asked them for a cigarette and then the next you know I'm walking with them, we're smoking together. So it it starts from curiosity, you know. I think people smoke or do drugs obviously to fit in, to be mm-hmm. cool, and then before they know it, because of certain drugs, because of the feel the feelings and the effects that are produced by the drugs and alcohol or cigarettes and different things. Obviously, there's things in them that are addictive, right? So when you start doing it, you cannot get enough. You must keep going. You must Mm -hmm. get more. And how does one get more? By you have to obtain it somehow. It's going to cost money. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people that will steal to nurture their addictions. Mm -hmm. There are people that will steal and pawn things off and sell things to nurture their addictions. So it's an ongoing, you know it's like a job it's like a full-time job in order right. for you to keep getting high or to keep drinking you've got to be able to pay for it or somehow come up with the money to pay for it
0: okay. yeah. we have a, a comment here soul says uh, I'd like to have you guys film at house of blessings what's house of blessings
1: house of blessings is a house up in uh, Silver Lake where soul resides and runs mm-hmm. the place and it's uh oh great it's truly uh, a spiritual it's up it's up on top of a hilltop in Silver wow. Lake it's a beautiful home should we it, do it Oh, uh, you would Let's love it. it. I'm telling you right now. I'd love to. Let's do it. I'm going to hold you to We're that. We're going to do it. so So, so when you're actually in the courtyard of the House of Blessings, you can see the Hollywood sign and all of Hollywood to oh, one no. side of the city. And then if you walk over here on the side of the house, you can see all of downtown and the entire skyline, which <sighs> is beautiful and growing. Sounds amazing. Yes. I'm oh. an L.A. guy, so I love L.A. You talk to some people in Orange County and you say... Um, I'm going up to LA. They're like, I've never been to LA. Why would you go
0: there? It's so dirty. I'm like, you You don't know LA. I'm a big city. LA. First of all, LA is huge. And there are so many different aspects of it. It's diverse. It's a different type of diversity. Plus
1: it's just like a happening city. And if you want a burger at two in the morning, unlike Orange County, you can go out and find some place to eat. Except for for certain pockets of
0: Orange County now. uh, No, there are absolutely beautiful areas of we got They're some people that mean, are saying some stuff. How's it going, see. everybody? Natalia says, I love you, what you guys do. We love you. We love you. Thompson says 40 days clean today. Nice. Woo! Good job. All right. That's amazing. Thompson so, Lee. Congrats. Nice to nice to this hear from is, you. Okay, we'll cook something delightful for after the show then. Let's uh, plan it out. I would I would seriously. We will love plan to it out. This. I'm all about it. Okay, so
1: so let's continue on. Yes, yeah.
0: Yes. So okay. So where do we want to take this topic of nurturing? Um, how about enabling? How about from the, the parents, loved ones, and surrounding people perspective?
1: I got to say, I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up because, um, you know, it's gotten to the point where my frustrations of having... I've worked with a lot of different individuals. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of people that have addiction. I work with a lot of people whose families are behind these people's addiction. I can't blame... Uh, certain kids that don't want to get off drugs when their parents are putting the fuel in the fire of their addiction. Right. You know, when they're enabling them, when they're supplying the house for them to keep staying in, they're harboring mm-hmm. an addict or an alcoholic and uh, they come to me and they ask me for help and I tell them, okay, I can help, but I need you guys to follow my direction. Mm-hmm. I need you to, you know, whatever I say, they, I prom- we promise you, Pez, we'll do whatever you say, whatever you say. And the second we start getting into the work, uh, you know, often I'll do an intervention. I'll go and sit down with the family. We'll get it all, the pre-intervention, we'll get it all together up and ready and rolling and everything. And then the second we go in for, you know, the actual intervention itself to try to talk to the person and need, their loved one, um, all bets are off. They mm-hmm. every, they just change their whole tune. Mm-hmm. It's it's really sad because... Why is that, do you think? Because they're afraid. They're afraid to put an ultimatum. They've been a doormat for a long time. They've mm-hmm. been... Um, the wool has been pulled over their eyes, but they comfortably hold it there. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and so they, they're they afraid. They're either codependent. They're helicopter moms and dads. They <laughs> think that they can fix yeah. their addict or alcoholic. They think that um, if they give them the ultimatum and putting them out in the street or having them leave their home, that they their loved one's going to go out there and die in the streets. Meanwhile, the sad thing that they don't... The reality of it is is that um, they don't realize that that person is dying in your house. Mm-hmm. So no matter how you look at it... They're, it's like, you know, like, when somebody commits suicide, everybody, like, freaks out and thinks, why did they kill themselves? They off themselves. Such a sudden death. We never expected this, right? No, so it's the process leading up. It's the process leading up. When people are using drugs, mm-hmm. especially heavy, heavy, heavy drugs, especially shooting dope, you know, like, whatever it can be, that's, that's like, mini suicides, right? It's mini mm-hmm. process of, of committing suicide. You're killing yourself slowly. Even cigarette smoking. Even yeah. cigarettes, mommy. Sure. When you're smoking cigarettes, like, you're pretty – so – and I can't, I'm i am not going to, I don't judge people that smoke because I know that when I first got sober, I still smoked. And I always had this in the back of my mind that here I came and got sober to get my life back, mm-hmm. but I still smoke cigarettes, which is slowly, slowly chipping away at my life. It kills me, right? Mm-hmm. So over a period of time, I read Alan Carr's book and that was the easy way to stop smoking. And I got okay. like two or three chapters in and I was like, I'm done.
0: Mm.
1: I'm done. I, I got to wow. quit smoking. And it's... um It's really cool because I always had this mindset that what if I have some kind of stress? Like what if somebody dies that's really close to me? Or what if I lose a job? Or what if some life event uh, comes at me sideways like God just throws me a curveball? Then I would grab a smoke, right? Or if people would have one, I would have one and think I can just have one. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, I would go out and get a whole pack
0: because first of all, that wasn't my brand. Yeah, plus you allow yourself to have these circumstances where it's okay.
1: Right. Right. i will come up with all kinds of just- exactly. justifications. Justifications. Justifications, justifications yeah. in my mind. Yeah. It's just one. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. I wanted to have one. I had yours. It wasn't a Newport. It was a plain cigarette. Now I must have just a Newport. And how do I get that? Got to go buy a pack. Buy a pack. There's one plus 19 more.
0: I've seen so many instances of, of people as well. Like uh, they, they're they trying to stop. Sm- just on this topic of not smoking. That uh, they... Whenever they have a, any sort of drink whatsoever here, yeah. they have to. Smoke it goes with hand them in too. hand. Yeah, you have to. So There's
1: people that don't smoke cigarettes at all, but if they're going to drink. Exactly. Why of not course. have a yeah. cigarette? I mean, it, like, yeah, the, the mean hands it. must balance themselves, <laughs> right? I have the drink here, I have the cigarette here. Now, I see that Timothy Robinson's asking yeah, this question. A, Hi,
0: Tim. There's a couple. Uh, let's see. Okay. Timothy Robinson says uh, Is it possible to work on your sobriety while working around alcohol? Great question. I love this question. Okay, so... Yeah, like working in a... What if you work at a bar? So I know a lot of
1: people that are in recovery that are bartenders. Okay. Okay. Um, You know, even in Alcoholics Anonymous, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, it talks about if you're spiritually fit and you're in a good spiritual condition, it is okay to go to places where alcohol is served. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a person that uh, is kind of not completely sure how to do sobriety and you want to put yourself in those type of situations, it's not recommended. So yes, it's possible. But what I encourage is, is if a person is truly taking recovery and sobriety by the reins, by the horns, like really, really taking it seriously, then, um, you know, there's also a lot of people in, 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 is there a too soon? There is a too soon. I think sometimes I think the best thing to do is for the person to work on their spiritual, condition and and strengthen their recovery and their sobriety to the point where see like i go to places where alcohol is being served i go to places where alcohol is offered to me Mm -hmm. i go to places where i can smell alcohol i go to places where people that are talking to me clear as day i can smell the alcohol in their breath Mm -hmm. does the thought cross my mind that Mm, that smells good. Mm, why can't I do it? You know, it used to. It used to mm. an early recovery. Definitely. Gotcha. I remember going to a restaurant once with my mom at about six months of sobriety and watching this lady drinking a glass of Chablis. And I was mm. sitting across the, uh, on the other side of like the restaurant, but just watching this lady slowly drinking, like just slowly drinking. I'm thinking like, this lady's just nursing that drink. Like if it was me, I would be on that thing and into my third one. Right mm-hmm. now for me. I'm an alcoholic, right? I'm a lot different than her. So uh, those thoughts, the racing thoughts of like, why can't... And I remember thinking, vividly thinking, like, why can't I just have one drink? Because I'm not a one-drink type of guy, Mm. right? I'm just not that way. So, But now, you know, I can go comfortably to places because I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to do drugs anymore. I don't recommend me going and hanging out in a heroin den or a meth lab or anything like that. But um, I think when it comes to alcohol, yes, um, you know, I I have gone and go to places where alcohol is there. I just don't want to drink anymore. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of people that are very strict about the recovery that say, I don't keep any alcohol in the house. I don't even have rubbing alcohol. I don't have a mouthwash with alcohol in it and things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, to each their own. Yeah. Me personally, if I wanted to drink, I won't drink that to, to get off. I'll actually go have vodka if I wanted to. That's, right. That'll actually, you know, that's really going to get you drunk. I'm not going to drink rubbing alcohol. It's just, for me, it's not something that I would even think or fathom of doing. Do you ever see it as
0: testing yourself? Testing yourself as in going to places where there's alcohol? Mm-hmm. And seeing like, My, I can get through this, I'm strong. Um was that, was that ever a
1: mindset? It was my, a mindset in the very beginning of my recovery. I remember okay. that I was fresh out of rehab, and I was still going back to my rehab to do some volunteer work. And I had told my counselor, who was very anti-going-around-alcohol, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I went out with my cousins. We were all at this club, and everybody was clubbing and dancing and singing. And some were resorting out to the parking lot to do certain things. And some people were inside, and they were drinking, and they were toasting each other and then when they asked mm-hmm. me if i wanted to drink i said no i'm sober mm-hmm. and then they started toasting my sobriety and and uh, i was really mm-hmm. proud to tell my counselor uh mm-hmm. but you know i went there but i didn't do it so i was testing the waters he said i was being okay. cocky in my recovery okay now he goes it's a little bit soon you really okay. don't belong in those places now i've also
0: gone cocky to, and, don't be cocky in recovery I've, that's that sounds like another, another uh, episode good topic. there that's <laughs> i've gone like to
1: that. weddings um for people that are in recovery And um, I've gone to weddings that are there's no alcohol at all because both people were in recovery. So Mm -hmm. and then I've gone to weddings where, you know, obviously like one of them is in recovery, the other one's not. But the families of the people, they're not, you know, in recovery. So Mm -hmm. there will be two bars. There will be like a non-alcoholic bar over on this Mm -hmm. side and an alcoholic bar over on this side. Mm-hmm. And um, you see me going over to the non-alcoholic bar and having a lot of, lot of, lot of sugar-free Red Bulls. <laughs> so by the end of the night, I'm like placebo out out, mm-hmm. just on the dance floor, like shuffle, shuffle, tut, tut. You know, mm-hmm. Odie's smiling. You know, you guys, you don't see Odie. You see him on the other show. He's on, but yeah, he's on. Uh, I just want like to let specials. y'all know, Odie. When Odie smiles, it makes my day. I become when Odie smiles. I become.
0: Scattered, scattered. You become scattered.
1: <laughs> I become snarky. Odie, come over here and say hi to everyone. Just come, come, come on the space. show. Odie's in the background all the time. Here's a, but now he's in the here's foreground. Here's a cameo from. Uh, Ask an addiction look, specialist. Today, Odie's hair is not Prince circa you'll, you'll see him
0: tomorrow on the Beginnings channel with Dr. Bob Weathers. That's right. That's right. You so, get to see Odie in all of his glory.
1: Yes. <laughs> But keep uh, that. Was, thank that was you for the question, the question Tim. That was awesome, and I know thank why you. you asked it because I know you personally.
0: Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, if anyone else has any questions, comments, I love the uh, Please keep them. comment. bring share, the questions. Share this video uh, so that we can help reach and positively impact more people. Uh, but let's, you know, real quick, I wanted yeah. to mention. That this
1: Sober Grind, besides it being on uh, Facebook Live, we are mm-hmm. also, uh, it's a podcast and mm-hmm. uh, it comes in many different forms and formats. It's a-
0: Yes, if you could ever uh, just leave us a review on iTunes, it would be huge. Uh, plus, we just genuinely want to hear your thoughts yeah. so that we can improve the show.
1: Yes. And what, what, what are the different uh, platforms that it comes yeah, out Yeah,
0: you can find it on, uh, uh, obviously, Facebook here. Uh, we put it on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to it on any platform, whether you're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Really, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I have a, a third-party app called Podcast Addict. Did you say YouTube, too? Yes. Yeah It is on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's, on, it's on YouTube. Um, we're also on Instagram. We have a, a Sober Grind page. Uh, there's a Facebook page specifically for uh, for uh, for sober grind as well, right? And then uh, also all over the place.
1: There's also a page um, on Facebook that's affiliate that we're affiliated with that we started called Ask an Addiction Specialist. Mm-hmm. Great that, resource. Yep, you can click on it right there, and it's it's in the the. Mm-hmm. yeah the, the
0: description of this video description of the video it, and then also on right the top there.
1: part you can just go in the little bar up there and write it ask an addiction specialist so you can go on there and ask any questions if you or your loved one is suffering from any kind of addiction or alcoholism and you would like uh, you know a professional opinion we have all kinds of different people that work in our field that come on and they will ask answer your questions or people that are in you know recovery they can come in and, and interject and tell about
0: their experience yeah, yeah. well said my friend Back on the topic of nurturing, Mm -hmm. what about in the workplace? So say you're a boss Mm -hmm. or say you notice a coworker that is starting to maybe decline or maybe you're you're the CEO and and maybe you're not even noticing. Mm -hmm. What are some things that may nurture the progressive use of addiction in the workplace?
1: Well, you know, obviously, if job performance is lacking, if mm-hmm. somebody's coming short, if uh, they are coming in late often, mm-hmm. if they're not uh, able to do their job correctly, if they're not uh, functioning properly at work, if they look like they're under the influence, if they mm-hmm. smell like they're under the influence, mm-hmm. if they are uh, missing, you know, excessive days, mm-hmm. these are things that obviously, you know, if somebody's could be under the influence of anything. I was just talking to a lady t- this morning that works with the airlines, mm-hmm. Um Come to find you think, like, have you ever seen the movie Flight with Denzel? No, Denzel? not yet. Is it good?
0: You've never seen that movie. No, there's so many movies come out. i to like me. To. Let's, to, out. Let's to, pause everything. Pause Let's everything. put it on.
1: It, you, if you want to see, I know it's pretty intense, right? It's intense. If you want to see the best example of an alcoholic, oh,
0: oh it's the pilot.
1: I, Is won't, Denzel I, I won't even ruin it for you. Just watch the movie Flight. Okay. I'll watch it. We'll talk we'll about it. I'll watch it next today. Time. Okay. But. <laughs> Lo and behold, you you would think that most of the people that work in airlines that have problems with substances are alcoholics. Mm. Um, I've I had a friend that told me about certain hours that when they would fly, uh, both the pilots and the airline attendants, um, they were recommended. It was recommended that they don't drink during these times because obviously they're going to be in the air. They have to be functioning. They have to be working. Right. So, uh, but come to find out today that and I just this was this morning and mm. t- sitting down and talking with somebody that a lot of people that are working in the airlines are not just addicted to alcohol. Obviously with the epidemic that's going on, opiates is a big factor, but methamphetamines. Really? I was like, pilots are on meth. I mean, it makes sense. Sometimes the plane gets there a little bit early, right?
0: They just <laughs> but, press a little harder on that the throttle. But
1: the fact that these people, there's people that, you know, our lives are in their hands mm. and they're flying, you know, n- numbers of people mm-hmm. in the air and they're under the influence of drugs. Right. It's, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought, but it's in the workplace. So, mm. you know, this is something that, you know, pilots need to uh, get help. They, sure. They, they could come short, they, depending on their job a performance. A lot of lives There's on the line. A lot of lives are on the line. But in the workplace, you know, a lot of different places we will often see, um, you know, job performance. It's all based mm-hmm. on job performance. Same, same goes for students. If you see a student mm-hmm. that does really well in school or has been usually doing really well, all of a sudden their, their grades decline and, and uh, they get put on academic probation and, and their teachers see that something's wrong with that certain particular student, then um, there's something to address there because obviously the person might be nurturing their addiction with whatever it may be. A lot of kids on campuses these days, uh, they may have started off with a Adderall prescription, but mm-hmm. when they run out of it, then they start seeking it in other mm-hmm. forms. I was talking to this guy the other day, uh, young man in his 30s that used to go to Santa Barbara College, and I believe that he started off with an Adderall addiction, mm-hmm. and over a period of time he grew, you know, dependent upon um, stimulants, stimulant mm-hmm. type of drugs, and mm-hmm. now he's a full-blown meth addict, and wow. he does—he's—he's he's not sure if he wants to quit yet. So you know, to each their own, but. What I'm saying is, is that the reason why he doesn't want to quit is because, for one, he moved back to his family's house. For two, he doesn't pay for anything. And for three, he's able to uh, rob and steal in various outlets to be able to nurture mm-hmm. his addiction. Mm-hmm. Went perfect with the topic. Did you like how that worked?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yes. We have a couple comments from Sol here. I have a friend that is working in a sobriety, but this is in a very abusive home. The abuser is the father and is a police officer. How can I help? hmm have you ever had to intervene on a police officer? I come. Back, That's a great. I'm trying to think.
1: Have I ever had to intervene on a police officer? No, not not to my knowledge. But um, as much as I used to try to distance myself from any kind of, uh, you know, law authority, I I wouldn't you know hesitate to do it if mm-hmm. if it was necessary in doing it and helping them. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would love the opportunity. Yes. Any any advice? Well, it depends. I think I know the friend that she's talking about. I have a friend who's, working who's very abusive at home. The abuser is the father. and I would separate myself from the father and get out of that environment. Mm-hmm. It's a bad dynamic. Any kind of abuse is uh, not necessary. It's something that I, I re- would recommend that people separate themselves from mm-hmm. their abuser and mm-hmm. then work on their own trauma that, that's been caused as a
0: result of abuse. Yeah, we're running a, a little low on time here, but I um, that was also a pretty good segue into uh, what other professions have you seen heavy drug use in? You know, I you know, I, f- I know obviously Christ we have a lot of athletes.
1: We see a lot of athletes mm. that get caught up yeah, in, it, in right, uh, yeah. the party life. You mm. know, musicians, mm-hmm. uh, lots of musicians. I think uh, you know in everyday life, I think anybody. It's not like a People aren't susceptible. Anybody can fall into drug yeah, use and absolutely. alcohol use and addiction. A lot of actors. A lot of actors. Um, mm. A lot of office workers. A lot mm. of um, blue collar workers. You mm. know, a lot of union workers, the railways. Uh, you know, lawyers, attorneys. Mm. And it's funny that for for each demographic, for each different type of job, there's always the popular drug. Like attorneys aren't going to be, they're going to either be doing meth or cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know, probably cocaine because cocaine's the the rich man's uh mm-hmm. stimulant and methamphetamine is the poor man's mm-hmm. stimulant or vice versa i mean they could work hand in hand but um you know uh, there's obviously a lot of um i see a lot of nurses sometimes doctors with major addictions because sure they they can get firsthand the they can deep, steal it they can get the best drugs yeah. They they can prescribe they can have their friends prescribe you know
0: so there's yeah. a whole show, uh, nurse Jackie. This whole show about that. Yes, she was a nurse that was an addict. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was. And watched a couple episodes. Of it. Good show. Yeah, is it on Netflix? Uh, no, it. I think it was on HBO. I don't think it's on anymore. Mm. Um, nurse that, Jackie. So I can look it yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, you never seen it? Actually, I have HBO Live, so I can find it on there. Yeah, I think yeah. it's HBO. If if not, I'll uh, I'll find it and get it to you. Yeah, good show. Check that
1: mm-hmm. out. So he, as far to close off the show, you know. When it comes to n- nurturing addictions, addictions aren't just substance abuse. Addictions can come in all different types of forms. Yeah, uh, and we talk about this quite often. You know, there's food addiction, there's uh, sex mm, addiction, there's, gaming uh, addiction, game addiction, porn addiction. So, mm-hmm. how does one nurture their addiction? They right. they keep seeking it out. You know, I I, sex addiction is on the rise. I mean, I'm sure right. it's always been there, but um, now there's actually like twelve step programs that are geared around sex and love addiction or sex addiction and. Um, And I see a lot of people addressing their addictions because they realize that it's become a problem in their lives. Mm -hmm. They can't function, you know, especially like a sex addict can't function in the real world. Uh, They fall apart because they're always obsessing and thinking Mm -hmm. and how can they uh, nurture their addiction or food addicts? You know, when it comes to food addiction and um, eating disorders and things like that, uh, the obsession to, to continue to either deprive yourself of food or overeat you know what, what what I mean a person that is an overeater is is always thinking about their next meal or their following meal you know, or their following following you know, meal mm-hmm. and and in between that and how uh, they're eating their feelings and often you know nurturing their addiction so mm-hmm. it comes in so many different forms shapes sizes you know and um that's that
0: yeah Hopefully, this uh, was a helpful topic for you all today. I thank you all for tuning in today. We thank you. Yes, absolutely. It's we always would...
1: a pleasure to do the show with you, Austin. I Truly, likewise my friend. Truly, and Odie. I
0: like it. Yes, Odie behind the scenes here. Yeah, it's always a great topic. You're my right always hand man. Show. He's my wingman. I'm my left hand man, literally, literally. <laughs> right, right and left hand side. That's right. <laughs> so if you're uh, if you're watching this or listening to this afterwards, uh, please feel free to. Leave any comments, uh, any feedback. If you have any questions, you can always email us at Austin austinorpej at beginningstreatment.com. Uh, you can leave comments on these videos, and either of us would be happy to answer to the best of our ability anything that you have going on. Yes. Until next time. Soap Grand yeah. out. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Bye. Felicia. Bye, Felicia.
1: Bye, Felicia. Bye Felicia.